0: it is an amazing thing over the years uh, it is not something that's new it has it's been going on for quite a while and it's what we often refer to as date setters um, and and there are some matter of fact probably the last one the latest one that we've really heard a whole lot out of or about uh, is no longer with us physically um, but there have been many who have who have gone on this journey to try to pinpoint uh, down to a month. And matter of fact, there are some who have even tried to pinpoint it down to the day that Jesus Christ is going to return. And unfortunately, those dates have come and gone. And uh, because the timing of the return of Jesus Christ. As far as the rapture is concerned, we all know the answer to that question. There's no one who knows that other than God himself. But it has not prevented people from trying to attempt to fix a date uh, to the return of Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. Paul is going to now deal with a little bit more of that issue uh, concerning the return of Christ Uh, and it's interesting when you look at Paul's letter one of the things that Paul is going to do Paul is going to follow very closely to the teaching of Jesus himself concerning his return and so as we come to chapter 5 beginning in verse number 1 Paul is going to begin to to lay this out and basically what he's going to do is going to deal right off the bat in verse one with a timing issue so when you look at verse one it says now as to the times and the epics brethren now, that's two interesting words that are there time and epics uh, the time phrase there or the word times actually comes from the greek word chronos and here's what it means it means time as a whole right so it's it's time as a, it's, it's whatever um, you want to define time as we know it. Uh, that is what that word times there means. So it's, it's time as a whole. But then he narrows it down even further, and he uses the word epics. Now, that word epics comes from the Greek word keros, and here's what it means. It means fixed dates, or it means a very specified time. So Paul says... Now, to the time as a whole, or even down to specific times, and he refers to them as brethren. In other words, these are believers that he's talking to. He says, you have no need of anything to be written to you. So, apparently, the church at Thessalonica had already, with Paul, been into some conversation concerning, or they already knew concerning any specific date as to when Jesus Christ might return, knowing and understanding full well that there is no way to affix a time or a date to the return of Jesus Christ. And we can't. And there's no way that we can, and simply because only the Father knows the answer to that question. Now, there's something else that is interesting. If you flip back to Acts chapter number 1, there's a there's a very similar... There's a very similar question that is asked by the disciples of Jesus in Acts chapter number 1. One of the things that they still dealt with was wondering whether or not Jesus Christ is risen from the grave. He has not yet ascended to the right hand of the Father. And here comes the next big question. Is, is this the time? In other words, is, is this the time when you're going to reestablish your kingdom? And one of the interesting things that we find in verse number 7 is the use of those two same Greek words. So in verse 6 of Acts chapter 1, So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs." So there's that same phrase, it is, not, it is not the time for you to know the time nor the epochs or the specific time frames or specific days that this is going to occur, which the Father, and this is what you ought to underline, the Father has fixed by his own authority. And I hope you see that, by his own authority, according to his own will. When Jesus Christ returns, there won't be any questions when that day occurs. But one of the things, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to pick back up in verse number 2. Paul stresses in verse number 2 that they already know the answer to the timing question. And I don't know about you, but I've had people ask me, do you think we're close? I don't know if we're close, okay? But I can say this with authority. Every day that goes by, we're getting closer, okay? Uh, that, that, that question I can answer for you. But to the specific time, are we closer? Those things that are, that are taking place, is it moving us closer to the return of Christ? I'll put it to you this way. Yes, as each day goes by... We're getting closer to the return of Christ. But there's no one in this building, in this room this morning, that knows when that is going to occur. So we come to verse number 2. And Paul's going to continue the discussion. And he says, For you yourselves know. And that is an interesting word there, because that word know there comes from the Greek word oida, and here's what it means. You have the knowledge. You have... The teaching. You have everything that is necessary at this point in time for you to know. And notice what he says For you yourselves know. You have the knowledge. You know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. At the end of chapter 4, he dealt with their concern about those who had already died and gone and those that are left. As he comes to chapter number 5, now he's going to deal more specifically with the return of Jesus Christ, of what we refer to and what's known as the rapture of the church, when the church is taken out. So, so what, is, what, is, what is he talking about here as a thief in the night? Well, here's an interesting thing about it. Paul uses the same verbiage and the same phrases that Jesus himself used in Matthew chapter 24 and so if you'll turn back with me to Matthew chapter 24 we'll find that Paul is going to pull and use a lot of the same verbiage that Jesus used and so when it comes to the issue of the rapture of the church and the taking away of the church it would seem reasonable to me that we might as well go to the source, we might as well go to the Logos, we might as well go to the Word and get it straight from Jesus Himself. And, matter of fact, Jesus was approached on the Mount of Olives by the disciples, okay, wanting to know when is this all going to occur? Well, if you look at chapter 24 of Matthew and notice what it says in verse number three. And so he was sitting on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, "Tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age?" Well, I, won't, I listen. I don't think there's anybody in this auditorium, okay, this morning that hasn't wondered, wonder when this thing's going to come to an end. Wonder when Jesus Christ is going to return. I wonder when all of this is going to come to a culmination, just as the Scripture says, I wonder when it's going to happen. Well, Jesus is going to answer their question. I want you to notice verse 36 through verse 44. He goes through a very long series of different things. He comes to verse 36 and verse 34 because verse 36 through verse 34 is the key to everything that, it, that, that, that pertains to the rapture, to when Jesus Christ returns to the end of the age, to the, to the culmination of it all. And here comes, as Jesus shares with us, here's the important part of all of it. Verse 36, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone he's the only one who knows verse 37 for the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of noah what was taking place in the days of noah i will tell you they were eating and drinking they were doing life life was going along everything was taking place everything was just functioning okay other than one problem here's what the scripture says in genesis chapter number six they were so wicked And so perverse and so immoral in their lives that God was going to bring judgment upon the face of the earth and upon all living things. It's what's going to happen. And so guess what? Let me say this to you. There is a day coming when God is going to pour out his wrath, when judgment is going to take place on the face of the earth against man and against creation and against beast and all of those that are here. It's coming that's what it says in the book of the revelation we know it's going to happen but everybody's wondering when is all of this going to happen my dear friend please listen to me today it's not so much when it's going to happen it's where are you right now today the sun is still shining you're still breathing you're sitting listening to the truth of the word of god that comes directly from the word of god so jesus goes on it's going to be just like it was in the days of noah Look at verse 38. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving, in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And then drop down to verse 42. Therefore, well, i tell you what, let's just read all of it. Let's, let's go back to verse 40. Then there will be two men in the field. One's going to be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Verse 42. You ought to underline the first words of verse 42. He says, therefore, be what? Be on the alert. Be on the alert for what? For you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this. That if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming. What does Paul say in First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2? We'll get back to it in a minute. He's going to use the same phrase in chapter 5 verse 2 of First Thessalonians. Just as Jesus does here. At what time of the night the thief was coming. He would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Notice what he says then in verse 44. For this reason, you also must be ready. If there's anything that you get out of all of this is that. You must be ready. So what does that mean to be ready? We're going to look at it in just a few moments. For this reason, you must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Now let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Those words came from Jesus himself. So if they came from Jesus himself, if anybody ought to know, he should. And it's interesting as we make our way now, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse number 2. For you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night just what jesus had already told them and the phrase in verse 2 the day of the lord is an interesting phrase so what is the day of the lord what is paul speaking about when he says the day of the lord here it's the day on which the lord jesus will appear to bring judgment on his enemies and vindication for his people that's the day of the lord My dear friend, as we speak about the love of God and His grace, grace is a free gift that comes and is available for those who call upon the name of the Lord. His grace is sufficient. But one of the things that I also want you to understand, please, this morning, please understand this. There is a day coming when the very wrath of God is going to be poured out. And I don't know why we always seem to want to go completely, totally other direction, understanding and realizing that if you're not ready, if you're not ready when that day comes, the thing that you have to, to, have to deal with and the thing that you have to understand is the wrath of God is going to be poured out. So what does that mean? What does, what does that look like? Well, we find a warning in verse number 3. It speaks about this. Noah speaks about this situation here. Look at verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 3. While they are saved peace and safety then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains upon a woman with child and they listen you ought to underline that last phrase they will not escape there's no escaping it i think that's one of the things that we miss there is no escaping it if you die without jesus christ or you're without christ when he returns my dear friend listen to me it's too late for you There is no second chance here. There is not, well, you know, if I'd have just known. No, it's not if you'd have just known. You know. You're sitting here this morning, and all those who are listening live stream this morning, here's one of the things that I want you to understand. There is a day coming when the very wrath of God is going to be poured out, and when the wrath of God is poured out, if you're without Christ, listen to me, there is not a second chance. This warning, why do you think Paul, as he's dealing with the church at Thessalonica, he said, We don't know when that's going to be. But here's one of the things that we need to be, and we need to understand this we need to be ready when it comes. Uh, you know, there were those in, 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 in Peter's day that talked about this very subject. Matter of fact, flip over to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. The return of Jesus Christ isn't something new. And matter of fact, this is something that has been... Even the disciples themselves, they were wondering before Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, are you going to reestablish your kingdom today? They were looking for an earthly kingdom. My dear friend, listen to me. We're not looking for an earthly kingdom. We're not waiting for an earthly kingdom. We're looking forward to that that we have been promised based on the Word of God for those that are in Christ. Well, Second Peter, notice as Peter writes for us, beginning in verse number 1, there, this is now, beloved, the second letter I'm writing to you in which I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles folks please listen to me you have the completed word of god that spells out for us from genesis to the book of the revelation what is coming and let me say this to you this morning you can spin it however you want to spin it this is the truth We know exactly what's coming. We know exactly what's going to happen. I can tell you one day, everyone that has ever been born on the face of this earth is going to stand, and they are going to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is. Now let me share something with you this morning, okay? You need to do that here. Because I will tell you this because when you find yourself before him and not being in Christ my dear friend listen to me it's too late Peter goes on in 2nd Peter chapter 3 and look at verse number 3 knowing this first of all that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking following after their own lust and saying so where is the promise of his coming so they ask us so where is it things have been going on since since all of this amount of time and guess what they're continuing to go on everything's continuing just like it always has so where is the promise of his coming i'll give you the promise of his coming there's only one who knows when he's coming back only one so where's the promise of his coming My dear friend, listen to me. You can't put God inside of a box. You can't put God in a time box. God doesn't operate on the same time plane that you and I operate on. That's why even in Peter it says, One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. My dear friend, we don't know when it is, but Peter said this. Here's one of the things that you need to understand. Verse 5. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. And he goes on to talk about, listen, he's coming. Matter of fact, he told Noah that judgment was coming. And guess what? Eight of them went into the ark with all of The other creation that God explained to Noah that would come inside of the ark, they went inside the ark. God shut the door. Flood waters came upon all of the earth that was there, destroyed everything that was there. That's called the wrath of God Himself. God is a just God. And I will tell you, you and I today, the difficulty that we have is we try to look at that through the lens of a flawed justness. God is sovereign. God is going to bring this thing to a close. Are you ready for this? God is the one who orchestrates nations. He's the one who directs kings. God is in charge and control of this, not you and I. So what's our responsibility? Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. So, is it something new that people are questioning? No. Is it something new that people are trying to set dates and times? No. Is he coming back? Yes, he is. But please, let me me just remind you of something. Those who are not in Christ, please listen to me. You will not be able to escape this judgment. You won't. You will not. Look at verse 4 through verse 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He says, but you brethren, you're not in darkness that that day would overtake you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of day. He's talking to the believers in the church at Thessalonica. He said, I want you to understand who you are being in christ here's who you are you are the light matter of fact you're of the day that's who you are not of darkness men love darkness rather than light why because their deeds are evil nothing good happens i used to hear this all the time when i was growing up son you need to be in before 10 o'clock why i got to be in before 10 o'clock for i used to hear this from my i used to hear this from my dad all the time nothing good happens after 10 o'clock at night i used to always wonder why why is that matter of fact we used to have this we used to have this light that was on the back of the house and and whenever it got dark that light went on when that light went on guess where you better be in the house and let me tell you something when i was growing up when it got dark outside guess what everybody went to bed and guess what everybody said well that's so that when the light came up the next morning you were ready to get out of bed I hate to tell you this I went to bed in the dark got up in the dark sometimes but here's what Paul wants you to understand he tells the believers in the church at Thessalonica he said you're not in darkness that day should overtake you as a thief he said you're the light you operate in the day And then look at the end of verse number 5. We're not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do. Please underline this next phrase. But let us be alert and what? Sober. In other words, clear-minded. Not drunk with the darkness and all of the things of the world and everything else that goes on. He said, but clear-minded. Let us be what? Alert. One of the things that you and I need to be doing today is paying attention to what's going on around us. Can we know we're headed in a direction? We can. We can know we're walking in a direction. Why? By watching and looking at the things that are taking place around us. Jesus himself said, it's amazing to me. He said, you can look at all of these signs. You can look at the clouds and you can look at the sun and you can look at all of the, you know, I don't know how many of y'all are okay i science and astronomy and all that just amaze me, and what amazes me more than anything else is the movement of fronts and currents and wind and all of those things that affect everything on the on on the face of the earth as we know it and in inside of the universe as we know it okay and what is it, what what's amazing to me is when we consider the magnitude of what we see here when to be alert and to be sober my dear friend we can we're, we're, we're more concerned with forecasting the weather than we are understanding the day that we live in when it comes to the scripture and the word of God then Paul goes on in verse 7 He said, for those who sleep, do their sleeping at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. That's what happens at night. It's what happens in the dark. Verse 8. But since we're of the day, let us be sober. Now, it's interesting what he's getting ready to go to next, Paul does. Because Paul is getting ready to liken this to the armor of God. Paul said, those of you of the night, of the darkness, drunk with whatever, No longer sober-minded, no longer clear-headed, no longer on the alert. But he said, but since we're of the day, in verse 8, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation. Verse 8 is an interesting verse here because here's what it does. It explains what Paul is pointing to in verse 4 through verse 7. So here comes the question. What does it look like to be prepared for the return of Jesus Christ? What does it look like to be prepared when Jesus Christ returns for the rapture of the church? What What does it look like? What does it look like for us as believers? Well, Paul gives us the answer in verse number 8. Being prepared means we should be living our lives in faith, love, and hope in Christ. In 1 Corinthians, Paul spoke about this in chapter 13. As he spoke about love, and one of the things that Paul said, there are three things that are important faith and love and hope chapter 13 speaks of the greatest of these of course was love and then in Galatians chapter number five as we look at the fruit of the spirit one of the things that Paul wrote concerning the fruit of the spirit was love and faith and all of the fruit of the spirit that Paul spoke of there and so here's what he says. This is the way, this is the way that we live prepared. What love? The love that we share with others, it can only come from God himself. How do, how, how do we love our enemies? I can tell you what, you won't do it through a, through just a self-love. How is it that we love those who don't love us back? How in the world do we share the gospel with others? It's through the very love that he loved us with. What about hope? You know, Paul wrote about this subject of hope. Here's one of the things he said. He said, we don't have to grieve as others who have no hope. Why? Because our hope lies within Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. That's where it is. And then our faith. Hmm. Faith is a tough one. Do we live by faith? Do we walk by faith? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to go before us and we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Well, if you live in the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit. That's what the Scripture says. We should walk by faith. We should live by faith in all that we do. You see, let me just, let me share this with you this morning. It's not about if or when. It's not about if or when. It's about being prepared for its fulfillment Folks, please listen to me. It's not about if or when. It's about being prepared for its fulfillment. Listen to me. It will take place under God's direction. It's coming. It's coming. And here's the difficult thing about it. We don't know when. So therefore, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared for when it comes verse 9 and verse 10 because here comes the promise are you ready for it here comes the absolute promise for we are not or god has not destined us for wrath we're not destined for wrath but for obtaining salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us so that we whether we're awake or asleep we will live together with him What Paul does now is he connects the end of chapter 4 from verse 16 through verse 18 down now with what he has just said concerning the issue of the rapture of the church here in verse 9 and verse 10 of chapter number 5. And here's what Paul says. Both the dead in Christ and those still alive awaiting our final resurrection and eternal life with Christ is going to happen when Jesus Christ returns. But we don't know when. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know when it's coming. I have a simple question for you. What if it came today? What if it comes tomorrow? And I know some of y'all are wondering, well, you know. And here's the other thing. What if you slip out into eternity today? What if you slip out into eternity tomorrow? I guarantee you, That all of this past week, there were many who went to bed the night before, not realizing and understanding that the next day would be their last. Anticipating when they walked out of the house, that they were going to return back that night, just like they had done over and over and over again. And unfortunately, many of them slipped off into eternity Folks, please listen to me. You don't want to find yourself under the wrath of God. You see, as we come to verse 9 and verse 10 that we just read, it is salvation and redemption in Christ that delivers this hope to believers. That's where that hope comes from. That's where that hope side comes from. Being in Christ... Paul said, if you're in Christ as a believer in the church at Thessalonica, guess what? You have hope. Are you ready for this? It's a living hope, not a dead hope. It's a living hope. We have a living hope today. A living hope of what? With a promise that our future destiny will not be God's wrath and eternal destruction, but rather, guess what? Eternal salvation with him and then finally he does it again second time not only does he do it at the end of verse or chapter 4 with verse 18 he said therefore comfort one another with these words now as we come to verse 11 i want you to notice what he says he doesn't say comfort this time Guess what he says? This time to encourage each other and to do what? To build each other up. So we have from comfort to encourage to building up. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing basically he's commending them because they're doing it he said but even so much the more continue to do what you're doing comforting encouraging and building up if i could comfort you today allowing you to know and understand that if you're in christ if you die this side of the return of christ you're in christ you are secure if you're still alive and Jesus Christ returns tomorrow and you're in Christ, guess what? You're secure. You're safe in the eternal salvation that comes through Jesus Christ himself. You're okay. When Jesus Christ returns, it doesn't make any difference. It's what he said in verse 9 and verse number 10. Whether you're alive or whether you've already gone on, if you're in Christ, you've got nothing to worry about. But if you're not... It's a different story. Here's one of the other things that you see in verse 11 that I want you to notice with me, okay? Is the importance of Christian community. It's the importance of Christian community. It's kind of difficult to encourage and build each other up if we never gather together. So to get closing verse of chapter 4 18 and then verse 11 of chapter number 5 guess what it speaks of community of gathering together And my dear friend when we come into this place it ought to be a time of comfort it ought to be a time of encouragement and it ought to be a time of building up why because of what's coming because of where we're going to find ourselves as the world gets progressively worse if we both individually and collectively are to be built up in Christ we need one another for mutual encouragement you say brother Robert here we go again back to gathering at the church yeah sorry sorry I didn't write it. He did. Here's what it says. You can turn there. Hebrews chapter 10. Some of you all already know where I'm going. Okay? Hebrews chapter number 10. To gather together as God's people. So what does that mean? Starting in verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Of our what? of our hope without what? without wavering for he who promised my dear friend listen to me it's already been promised he's coming back and those of us that are in Christ whether alive or dead we're going to go to be with him my dear friend please listen to me judgment's coming The wrath of God is going to be poured out. And then notice what he says next. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. In other words, to encourage, to come alongside of, to prompt, to stimulate. And then verse 25, not forsaking our own assembly. Together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's where we are, it's what's happening. My question for you today is this Are you ready? Are you prepared for what's coming? You see, Jesus and Paul encourage believers to be on guard, doing what? Be on guard, waiting, and be ready. So, Here's who we are. We're the light and the salt. But are we very bright today? Are we very bright? That's the question. Is what do what do we reflect? We must be prepared for Christ should he appear on the clouds of heaven tomorrow we should also be willing to wait for his return whenever it may occur. Have you ever thought about John as he closed the book of the Revelation? Here's what John's prayer was. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Are we looking for his return? Sure we are. Paul's writing about it, but we don't know when it's going to be. But here's one of the things. We've got to be prepared. There's a whole lot of people. Listen. There's a whole lot of people in this world who need Jesus Christ. So as we talk about all of this, and the scheme of all of this, if I can encourage you with something this morning, it would be this. Do not ever get to the point. That we're so focused on that that we miss out on the very simplicity and the truth of the gospel itself. That's what people need is the gospel. That's what will change their lives.